0: Welcome to Yoke Talk, a look behind the scenes at Yoke Youth Ministries. Yoke is transforming communities by mentoring middle school students, equipping young leaders, engaging local churches, and enriching
1: local schools. And in each episode of Yoke Talk, we have a conversation with the people who are making that happen. Hey, Yoke family, Jonathan here. And I'm Eli. And we're back with another season of Yoke Talk. And as we were discussing things that we wanted to talk about this season, we just felt like we could not ignore um, this violence that's shaken our community and how it's impacting the kids that we serve. Yeah, as I'm sure that our our listeners will be aware, uh, four students from Austin East High School, including Justin Taylor, Stanley Freeman, Janaria Muhammad, and Jamarian Gillette, have all lost their lives to gun violence just since January. Most recently, Anthony Thompson was shot and killed by police after he was found on campus with a gun in his possession. And we think it's important to say that this is not an Austin East problem. It's not just an East Knoxville problem either. These are our kids, and this is our problem, and we want to be part of the solution. And we know that you do too. Yeah, you're exactly right, Eli. It's with that in mind that we're bringing you a series of interviews this month with friends and partners who, like us, have dedicated their lives to serving young people. We want to know what the issues are and how we can help. And we also want to know how God is already at work through our friends and through the ministries that they're involved with. So as we learn, we'll be praying for peace and for protection for our students, for our teachers, and for our community partners. And we'll be sensitive to the ways that God might use us to answer our own prayers. Mm, Well said. Now let's meet this week's guest. Joining us today on the Yoke Talk podcast is uh, our, our GFOP. He's a good friend of the pod, Matthew Best. Welcome back, Matthew. Hey, what's up, Jonathan? It's good to see you. It's good to see you again. Uh, full disclosure, Matthew is a good friend. Uh, we, we serve together in a variety of contexts. And so uh, it's, it's rare that we go a whole day without seeing each other. Uh, it seems like anyway. Yeah. Uh, most recently, uh, Matthew is one of the newest members of the uh, Yoke Board of Directors. So we're thankful for you joining our organization and serving in that capacity.
0: Absolutely. It means I don't get to tell you no anymore.
1: <laughs> you can tell me what to do. You're my boss now. Well, sort of. <laughs> and I would like to point out too, I know I've, I've shared this with Matthew, but just for those listening, I was not the one who nominated Matthew for our board. So uh, he came uh, recommended from a, a few people on our nominating and recruiting team. So, we're but we're certainly glad to have you. Glad
0: we're to talking, be talking.
1: Uh, we're talking all this month about this issue of youth violence, interviewing people who are working kind of at a grassroots level and uh, uh, people who live in the neighborhood and work in the neighborhood. Uh, as we've said many times, uh, this is not. Uh, a neighborhood problem. It's not an East Knoxville problem. It's not an Austin East problem. This is our problem. And if you're, if you're living and, and uh, hearing the sound of my voice and know about Yoke Youth Ministries, this is our problem. It's something we want to work on together. So, thank you for joining us, Matthew. Why don't you just uh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, and I'll fill in anything you leave out.
0: Sure. I am Matthew Best. I work for Johnson University. I'm the director of the Future Hope Institute, which is a high school theology um initiative where we teach kids about the intersection of faith and justice i also am the director of multicultural student affairs at johnson university um formerly of emerald youth foundation formerly of intervarsity christian fellowship formerly of the new sentinel uh, i am a uh preacher and uh in a church here in mechanicsville i'm a youth pastor at children of god ministries church of god in christ um, where Jonathan is an honorary visiting member, uh, <laughs> and, and with as much as he and Laura have been visiting over the last year or so. So, um, and then I think that's this. Oh, and I also coach basketball. I'm an assistant basketball coach at Austin East High School. So, um, I'm actually probably more proud about that than any <laughs> much of the other <laughs> stuff. That's kind. Of, that was kind of coaching basketball. It's kind of a dream come true for me. So, um, excited and to get to do it in my, at the school in my neighborhood. Down the street from my house is is a real big blessing, and it's helped me become a part of that community in a really significant way. So,
1: yeah, we uh, we just need to figure out a way to uh, to get paid for all the free stuff that we do, right?
0: Absolutely. Okay, the Lord knows. The Lord
1: knows. No, I'm just joking. I know you you happily do it for free. So as I said, with this month, we're talking about this issue of youth violence. And, uh, you know, one of the things I want to hear from you, uh, just what do you think some of the big issues are? What What is it? What are the issues in our neighborhood that are driving kids uh, to be involved in this lifestyle?
0: Yeah, I think part of it is uh, it's it's multifaceted. There is no one single thing. Anybody that tells you they know the exact thing to do to fix it is lying, um, because, Um, Like with most things in life, most things are complicated, right? It's very rarely there's a direct one-to-one relationship um, between one thing and another. But what we can say is that we've been trending in this direction um, for a long time in terms of our neighborhood, in terms of the um, underlying factors that get you to a place where you're at now. And I think that's what's really sad is that for many of us that have been in the neighborhood for a while and on the ground working with young people and doing stuff, We've been trying to say, hey, there are needs here. There are things. There are issues here, um, but it's not until tragedy strikes that people want to then speak to those things. So one of the things I think for sure is um, is academic uh, performance and opportunity, and I think that has a lot to do with the way um, education is funded and, and handled in our city, and in our county, and so when when the educational system is not um, functioning highly, then there's there's um, there's lots of room for other stuff to kind of creep in and start to fill the gaps. I think that's one thing for sure. Matthew, um, so you're
1: that... not you're not the first person uh, to reply with that. I don't know if uh, our listeners have ever given any thought to the way that our educational system is funded and how that results in some inequities. Why don't you expand on that a little bit?
0: Yeah. So part of that has to do with uh, property taxes and right. And so if you think about property taxes of of property in and around poor and under-resourced neighborhoods, if you're taking a percentage (laughs) of those dollars from from the property around, then it stands to, to to reason that you're going to end up with a lot less money potentially going into a school system for a particular neighborhood. And now, you know, people will combat that and talk about Title I um, funds and all these extra money that comes from the state for low performing schools, which is technically true. Um, but the issue becomes is that money gets is only able to be spent in certain ways. And so teachers and administrators and schools that have a a great idea for how they want to help serve their students, they can't always use those extra funds for that. And so that's part of it. The other thing is, um, if you think about um, lack of academic opportunity, that leads to um, less college access, that leads to less career readiness, that leads to all kinds of stuff that, that just does not doesn't it doesn't end up well for for a lot of our students and a lot of our young people here in our neighborhoods and so if i'm not going to make money going to school and i'm not going to make money going to college or finding a good a decent job then what am i going to think about doing i'm going to think about doing other things you know um i think time and time again we prove that poverty um poverty leads to uh to to bad choices and bad choices lead to a lot of the stuff that we're seeing happen in our neighborhood and so um it can't ever i'll just say this way it can't ever be Oh, folks in East Knoxville are less moral and less intelligent than people in other parts of the the city. It's not what it is. It can't be that, right? Surely it's not that. I hope that in these days, people aren't actually thinking and believing that. There's gotta be other things that are at play here when we look at um, the way our neighborhoods look. And so there's that. There's also just lots of historical stuff related to our city in terms of how under um, underserved um, certain neighborhoods are. then you think about lack of access to to sports and um, and after school stuff that a lot of kids are not able to have, as well. Which is why you're grateful for the people like you know, kind people like Emerald and the people like um, the Boys and Girls Club and Shora Foundation. All these places that are providing spaces for folks to go after school. But that that that's only so many, right? There's right. St- there, we're not every kid that leaves Austin East or leaves Vine is not going to an after school program right? Every kid's not doing that. There are a lot that are, but every kid's not doing that. And so um, for those that aren't going to those places, then then what are they up to? What's going to happen? Um, and so I think that there's lots of reasons why we've got to the place that we are, but I think we've got to start thinking about Um, a holistic approach that prevents the circumstances where these things happen a lot. You know, a lot of people want to talk about police and there's lots of stuff to talk about there, Um, but I don't think that is the immediate, I don't think that, I don't think that's the long-term solution to what we've been seeing happen is to, is police reform. I think we need police reform and and, and we need community policing and all that kind of stuff. But a lot of stuff that we're talking about today will be, will go a long way towards helping uh, to ensure the growth of our neighborhood.
1: Great stuff. Um, I know, uh, you know one of the things we talked about is Yoke certainly wants to be a part of the solution. And I know our that's why many of our volunteers get involved serving middle school students because we wanna be a part of the solution. And I, I know I'm getting more calls as you are from people who live outside the neighborhood, uh, people who support our ministry, uh, people who've just heard of, uh, of our church or our ministry wanting to know how they can make a difference. And I know a lot of our listeners don't live in, uh, in the city of Knoxville. They, they probably don't live in East Knoxville, uh, but that doesn't mean they, uh, they don't want to make a difference. Uh, what advice do you have? How can, how can folks really get involved and be a part of the solution?
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think um, one of the first things I say is um, tell real stories about stuff that happens in other neighborhoods and about what's mm-hmm. going on. And and also be mindful of the way you hear people around you talking about situations. Um, so so don't just let people say, you know, uh reckless things about kids in East Knoxville about about folks in, in another neighborhood. Um take the time to remember that the folks that we're talking about and dealing with our folks, are people. Um, and that um and, and that we can't just otherize them for lack of a better term, right? Uh, don't, don't otherize those of us on the East side um, in, in ways that are really kind of dehumanizing. So don't do that. Uh, make, make sure people tell the real stories and tell the truth about, about what's going on. But the other thing I'd say is, is spend your time and resources um, serving people in ways that don't um, necessarily serve you, and I think that is a big thing when we start thinking about um, charity work in particular. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm of the mind I don't really like to do charity work. I like to do justice work, right? I like to do things that are going to um, affect people long term and also are going to affect systems and that kind of thing. So, um, so even as you're thinking about where to donate money, even as you're thinking about where to volunteer and spend your time. Look for those spaces that are uplifting people that are in the community, that are led by people in the community, where you can then submit and and kind of follow under the leadership of people that are indigenous to the neighborhood. Um, I think a lot of times we have churches and, and organizations that kind of swoop in and do their own thing and then swoop back out. And and that feels good in the moment. And that's that's helpful. And, and, and I don't think many of us are going to turn away all of those things, but the more um, the more uh, sustainable thing is to partner with people in these neighborhoods in the neighborhood that are already doing really, really good work. Um, and so to figure out what, what it looks like to serve those groups, to empower those groups, to encourage those groups and those leaders that are already around. Uh, we don't need more leaders in East Knoxville. We need the leaders that are already here to be supported and resourced. And so I think that's, a, um, that's something that I just want to make people aware of. And, and hopefully folks will be mindful of that going forward.
1: Finally, I know you've already alluded to it, uh, you know, telling good stories and uh, you know, part of the thing that uh, that you and I are committed to as, as members of the community is we want to continue to promote those good stories and what God is doing. I know we always talk about uh, uh, the kingdom of this idea of the kingdom of God breaking through and, and uh, you know, sometimes it's uh, it's tough to see that, but if you look, it's everywhere. So I want to hear from you. Uh, where do you see God at work? Where Where do you see the kingdom of God breaking through in East Knoxville?
0: Yeah. The, the one thing I'll say for sure is with these kids at Austin East in particular, um, I had the privilege of sitting in on a session that they did that some of the leaders of the junior class did last week where they talked through uh, what they wanted to see happen at their school. And, and they, and they got a chance to share their ideas with adults and folks in the, in the neighborhood that could really could do something about some of the things they're talking about. And I was so inspired by their leadership. Um, they are resilient. I know it's a word you use often, but they are brilliant and they are creative and they are thinking and they are processing and they are ma- way more mature than we like to give them credit for. And so um, I know there've been a lot of bad press recently about high school students walking out of class, and all that kind of stuff. But, but after talking to them, spending some time with some of them, um, I think a lot of them, are, are, are actually in a pretty good um, headspace. And so I've been inspired by um, by by the students at Austin East directly, they've just been incredible. I've also really been inspired by and, and appreciative of our Feature of Hope Scholars um, and just the ways that they are leading and the ways that they are Thinking through and dealing with what's happening in the city. Um, we've got a group of high schoolers, we're getting ready to start another cohort pretty soon that are thinking about what it means to serve their community and what it means to be believers who are called to a particular community or a particular place. And every time I talk to them, I'm so inspired um, and encouraged. I'll, I'll just share this one thing and then I'll be done. One, um, I talked to one high school student, she didn't go to Austin East, but uh, she thinks she goes to Fulton. And she, uh, we were asking, you know, what do you want? adults to know, or what would you want to tell adults, you know, that are, as they're thinking about you and praying for you and, and, and dealing with what's been going on in the city and and that kind of thing. And she said something that was so profound. uh, I almost kind of teared up just hearing her talk about it. She said, I want to make sure that adults know that there are no students that are worth giving up on. Right. She says, even if somebody made a bad decision and they got involved in a gang or they started selling drugs, they started doing any number of other things. I want to make sure that adults know and understand and realize that there are no students that are worth throwing away. Right. And and I felt really convicted that she felt she had to say that because she feels like as soon as people get labeled as, quote unquote, bad kids, they make one or two bad choices. That you know we kind of tend to wipe our hands of them and of the of of what's going on and 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 that was great to hear from her as a reminder N- there's nobody that's too far gone, right and we're believers, right of course we believe if we didn't believe that then we wouldn't follow Jesus you know that's part of the whole thing that's exciting and enticing and inviting about about the Lord is that none of us are too sinful, right none of us are too bad so we say don't that
1: sounds like the good news of the kingdom right there.
0: Absolutely. And so just to have her reframe that or or refocus that and saying, Hey, is when we come across kids that have made bad choices and bad decisions, they're not too far gone and, uh, and they, and they're worth our time, our energy. And I think that's something that I want to leave folks with is that uh, yeah. And not, not this savior mentality thing, but, but this idea of like, we would want some God went above and beyond to reach us. And so I think sometimes we might need to go above and beyond to reach reach other folks and in the mean in the in the process we get we get blessed along along the way which is really cool so
1: well i don't want to quit without uh, giving you a chance to plug your latest project
0: yeah so uh, well you're kind of involved in it too um, me and a few other people in our neighborhood uh, uh, helped put together the Austin East Community Foundation uh, you can go to aefound.com and and donate there the Austin East Community Foundation is seeking to give away $60,000 a year this is not a one-time deal this is a, a going to be something that exists for a while to help kind of bridge gaps in the education for Austin East High School and so um you know there's a lot of times there's things that they want to do that as teachers and administrators and, and leaders there at the school but they don't always have the money or resource to do it and the foundation is going to help them better serve their own students in their own neighborhood. So if you want to donate to the Austin East Community Foundation, aefound.com is a way to do that. We've got more information you can give in all kinds of different ways. And uh, yeah, we look forward to, to, to seeing what God's going to do through some extra resources in our neighborhood and in our school. So
1: you like to point out, this is not something that's unique to Austin East. It's something that most schools in our county have already.
0: Absolutely. So this, is,
1: this is just kind of uh, bringing some equity back to the educational system.
0: That's right. Absolutely right. And it's also something that that Jonathan and I and and about a dozen, about half half a dozen others have been working on for over a year. We started thinking through this last, before last summer. You know, people seem, you know, a lot of people think that this is in reaction to what happened at the start of this year. And it really wasn't. This was something that had been on our mind for a very long time. Um, And it just so happened to coincide with with, with the community having a pretty tough semester. So, um, but again, this is something we want to exist for a long time, just like, you know, there's no reason our kids in East Knoxville shouldn't have access to the same stuff our kids in West Knoxville, do. so.
1: Yeah, that's, <clears throat> I like to say that's, to me, that's my idea of good news is that every kid in my neighborhood has every resource he needs to reach the full potential that God created him to be. So uh, we'll keep working towards that together. Matthew, is it all right if I say a prayer for you before you go? Uh, Absolutely. Father, thank you for Matthew. We thank you for his friendship, for his service uh, to our organization. And we thank you for just all the the great uh, doors of opportunity and ministry that you've opened for him in our city. We pray that you would continue to bless him, bless his work at Future of Hope, bless him as the Director of Multicultural Student Affairs at Johnson. Pray that he would have a, a huge impact there on that campus. We pray that you would bless him as a basketball coach at AE, bless him in his work as a youth pastor and a a minister, elder at uh, at Children of God. And we just pray that you would uh, provide for his every need and continue to uh, protect and open those doors of ministry for him and Yana as they serve together in our neighborhood. In Jesus name we pray. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank Thank you again,
1: sir. Thanks for, uh, thanks for your partnership and your friendship, and thanks for joining us on the podcast
0: today. Absolutely, it's a pleasure. To learn more about Yoke, visit yokyouth.com. Subscribe to this podcast
1: on iTunes so you never miss an episode. And follow us on Instagram at YokeYouth.